It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Won't back down. With Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today's Friday, March 25th. Another Friday in the studio without Big Will Levinson in attendance, unfortunately. Thank God. But we've got two excited friends of the show who are ready to get on the podcast with us. And um, I'm going to let y'all introduce yourselves. We got Ryan Kushner here. Pleasure to be here. Huge college basketball fan and Gators football. He's actually been anointed the king of college basketball. Yeah. A title I once had, it's slightly been taken from me. And this is my roommate, Josh Edelman, who is a character. He's my roommate, Josh Edelman, my neighbor, Ryan Kushner. They're kind of like the Costanza and Kramer. But they're here. They're our senior college basketball correspondents. I'm, of course, Sam Potosa. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. I haven't been on since before spring break. Wait, who's, who's Costanza? Edelman's Costanza. Are you calling me Kramer? Or is I don't know. Kramer? Who, no, Coach well, is mean, a little too well put together to be either. Yeah. But it's kind of I would say I'm Costanza. Costanza? Like, yeah, Edelman kind of. You're wearing the Yankee Edelman's shirt. getting upset. I am wearing the shirt. Edelman does have Costanza no. energy, but is much more He's put together. He's wearing the Yankee shirt. He's got to be Costanza. He is wearing a Yankee shirt. That's great podcasting, talking about what he's wearing. Um. But yeah, I'm Sam Tosa. I'm back. It's been a while. I don't. I don't believe I've been on the podcast since I went to Mexico. Post spring break? No, me, no, we did. No, I wasn't here last week. Remember, I oh, wow. just, I just slept in late. I have no excuse. I just, I, I honestly like I had something planned you. in the well, morning. Right. It got got canceled in the morning, and I wasn't even thinking about the podcast. I just went back to bed. It's on me. I'm not dedicated. But I served my week long suspension. I'm back. But casual will isn't here once again. Well, we missed it, but he's uh, cruising it up right now, right? Oh, yeah. And I listen, I went back and listened to the episode. I don't think there's a more humbler bragger than Big Will Levinson. He has. Well, could you say he's perfected the art of the humble brag? Because oh, my God, yeah. He and, has, but he hasn't. Because, I'm I mean, like, his it, tagline, it, the it, ladies and gentlemen, is like the ultimate humble brag. He doesn't hide it very well, though, is the thing. Point. No, you know? not at all. It's not I was humble. able to call him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once he gets going with the Dolphins, it's going to go from like humble brag to like a cocky brag. I would love to see Big Will with that type of energy. Once Tyreek Hill shits the bed. Big Will will maybe cry in his room for well, at least a week. Big Will's not here. What do you even I mean by that? Deal with that? I don't think Tua's going to get him the ball, and I think Will's going to freak out. You don't think Tua's going to get him the ball? I don't think Tua can throw the ball consistently the deep route that Tyreek Hill's going to need. But he, I think he me. can with the right protection. He doesn't need to, though. Tua slants. Tua slants. Who's guarding? A lot of slants. We'll get into slants. the Dolphins a little Tyree bit Tyreek slants, Cedric Wilson deep balls. But with, all I'm going to really have to say about that is that it – 
we're going to learn everything we need to know about Tua Tagovailoa. And if he's not the guy, mm-hmm. I will say right now on this podcast that he will be benched within the first four games if he is not the guy. Like they will, they will not be afraid to bench him because they have they've invested so much money in this roster. And yes, they've built around Tua, but they've invested so much money that if Teddy is the guy, guy that gives them a better chance to win, they're going to play Teddy. And Teddy's a Miami legend too. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Teddy Bridgewater fan. I mean, I, I, you got to love his story. I mean, he, people thought that he would maybe like never play football again. Right, and he's but a state title winner. At I the think he's the epitome high. of an average NFL quarterback. And that's, you may not even be able to say that about Tua. We'll find out this year. But the real reason we're here, of course, we're going to talk some March Madness, but we are well underway into spring practices for Gators football. I know you guys talked about it at great length last week. We don't have many updates because our humble bragger, Big Will slash Insider, isn't here. But basically, it's just been all the stories we've seen are AR versus Jack Miller, and it seems like it's been neck and neck. It, I mean, all the reports coming out of practice are that Miller's impressed more than some thought, right? He's been accurate, but I think Richardson is still the, the uh, favorite. Making more wow throws. And for the argu- I think the reason Miller's succeeding is for the reasons that Mullen played Emery over AR last year because he can make the intermediary throws, can make the check down, can make the throws that you need to make to cross the pylons. But Emory couldn't do that. But it sounds like Jack Miller actually can. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a full-fledged quarterback competition. I would not be surprised if Jack Miller walks out as the starting quarterback week one. Now, do I? I'm we're team AR on this podcast. I think our college. I don't think we're, we're I, team. I think our college basketball I mean, insiders feel a little bit differently. But we're team AR look, on this Sam, podcast. I think we're I, team whatever's best for the. Yeah, we're team whatever's best. If Jack Miller is better for the program, I'm all in on Jack Miller. I'll be your biggest fan. But I just from what I've seen from Anthony Richardson, I want to see more, and I want to see him play. I want to see get the chance to actually start in a big night game in the swamp, like Week One against Utah. I think that's the opportunity that he's been waiting for. Right, he's got the get off the bus energy that a team with a new coach, you know. Oh my God! Yeah, probably not looking to contend for a national so title this season. He's from Gainesville, Needs, Florida. You know? He's from Gainesville, Florida. He wears the number fifteen. He's a legend. I mean, this guy—he has all the power to be a not a legend yet. I, I can see. I, You're calling him a legend. He's literally played three or four games of starter. Has, one of them was the worst kid I've ever seen. In I'm my not calling him life. a definitive legend yet. I'm saying he has all the makings of a legend, but I don't know if he'll reach that yet. Well, That's a, last week, right after. Um, we recorded at a pretty poor time. Yeah, we recorded well, at an awful time. Well, last week. well, I you recorded at an awful time because uh, the golden hire. We'll get to it, and then the Emory Jones transfer news. Last week we were talking about the QB competition. Will and I on the pod, and about twenty minutes later, after we finished, the news that sank Josh Edelman's heart dropped on Twitter. And so, what what went through your head? Can Can you please say who was your wallpaper from July to December last year? Emory Jones, my wallpaper from July to December. I was a big Emory Jones fan. Not necessarily a fan. I thought he paid his dues. It was his team. I didn't think what I saw from AR was enough to throw in the towel on Emory early in the season. I think what scared me with AR was can he make the intermediate and simple play? Yes, his wow factor is insane, but my concern was the simple throws, which that kind of got highlighted in the Georgia game. Yes, it was a tough situation, but a lot of turnovers on plays that could have been avoided in my opinion. But towards the end of the season, Emory just did too many mistakes for me. I wish him well, but hopefully AR or Miller can find something to do for the team. Yeah, and uh, Ryan, you had a little bit of knowledge, I think some rumors about where Emory might go. Is that right? Um, yeah, well, I saw some stuff on Twitter and Instagram about him like reposting stuff from Holy Cross. But that is, but that is like very, very low-level, like basic Instagram retweets, reposts. Yeah, Holy Cross. I, I'm a big fan of Holy Cross for their wide receiver, number 12, Jack Colson, Boca Raton legend. 
Emery Jones to Jack Colson, that would be an elite duo. I want to see it happen. I, all the best for Emery. Quite the like good, Josh yeah. just said, he was here for four years. He paid his dues. You got to feel bad for the kid. I mean, he almost got thrown into an impossible situation, too. I think the fault really lies with Dan Mullen for... I mean, this guy was here for four years for not having properly prepared to come out here. I mean, maybe he just wasn't the guy, but if this is the guy you're willing to go to bat for and you're throwing him consistently into terrible situations, consistently into the grunt of the fan base, we, we kind of, I don't want to say we failed Emory Jones, but we, we kind of did. Like, I just, I hope the best for him. I hope he goes to a situation where he can thrive and maybe a place like Holy Cross where he has a, position, a chance to maybe thrive in like an FCS style playoff. Maybe that'd be a good situation for him. Yeah. I mean, with the way scouting works nowadays, if you're good enough, the league will find you. Yeah, point blank. And it's pretty notable that Emery transferred after three days of spring practice. So whatever Jack Miller and AR were doing was clearly better than at Emery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Some other camp notes that I've been reading on and I've heard whispers about. Demarcus Bowman looks like the real deal is what I've been hearing. But what I've also been hearing is that it may not be enough to get him the starting job. Look, we could make the argument that we could go four deep at running back this year. You got Naquan Wright, you got Demarcus Bowman, you got Montreal Johnson, the Louisiana transfer, and Lorenzo Lingard. Lorenzo Lingard has actually been taking first-team snaps. Has he really? Yeah, I did not know that. He's well. been, what, this is like year five in college for Lorenzo Lingard? Yeah, he's been it a five-star for so long. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's still a five-star, man, so. technically. Yeah. Um, well, I've heard good stuff about Montreal Johnson. He certainly looks the to. part. And I, watched his, I was watching his high school tape the other day. He, mm-hmm. He's an aggressive runner, man. I think he was so under-recruited coming out of, yeah. where was it, New Orleans? And he, I think he's out of New Orleans. I don't think Go four deep. Though. I think at least one's gonna get left out. I, don't know I which agree. One it's gonna that's be, kind of the nature. If that's I were to pick, I works. would pick yeah. Lingard. But then again, I'm not sitting there watching practice every day. But everything I've been hearing is that Bowman looks legit. He looks like the five star that we tried getting out of Clemson. Obviously, he look. He's from Lakeland, committed to Clemson, and then transferred from Clemson to Florida last year. Didn't see the field, obviously. The Lakeland pipeline. Always the Lakeland pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. And it now that does. Ahmad Black is actually the defensive backs coach, I think at Lakeland. Yeah. Yeah, really. So yeah, so pipeline should pipeline only should continue. continue to grow. Some other things that we've heard around camp: offensive line is allegedly supposed to be the strength of this unit next year. Of course, headlined by Osiris Torrance, the transfer from Louisiana, getting projected to be a first-team preseason All-American. That's big praise for a Gators offensive line that was one of the worst in the SEC, borderline worst in the country last year. Yeah, well, down the stretch it was. <laughs> Before Dan Mullen threw in the towel, but yeah, I, I felt like the line was actually. I like the well. pieces we got on the line. I've been really focused on the NFL right now and the NFL offseason, so I haven't really gotten a chance to like sit down and look at our depth chart and kind of move mm-hmm. pieces around. But we, I would imagine it's going to be Torrance at left or right tackle. One um, of the guard positions, I think Torrance really is going to play a guard. I, I, well, Guraj is locked in at left tackle. Yeah, Guraj. Delance is off the roster now, right? Sadly, yeah, yeah, he actually played pretty well last year. Yeah. Gene Delance Renaissance Tour. Yeah, that was like the one part that we had on the <laughs> Renaissance tour. Uh, yeah, but but Kingsley locked in at center. Yeah, Kingsley, according to Big Will, he thinks Kingsley will be the best player on the offensive line next year. That and that'd be great. I, I mean, I've always been a big Ethan White fan. He's huge. Gonna Ethan play White one fan. of the guard spots, and no then one, so you figure those two other spots come down to. You can make the argument that no player on our roster has made the physical transformation that Ethan White has. Ethan White came in weighing over four hundred pounds. He mm-hmm. slimmed down. I, he's probably around like 320, 350 now. Yeah. Range. Now, when you go on Nick but Savage's LinkedIn he's, profile, he's built. He, that's yeah. what he shows. Is, is, really? Is, Ethan White? No, I mean, I'm kidding. But like, he should. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Is he going to start a guard? He's going to start a guard. He, he started a guard last year, right? Yeah. And then, so the other, so Guraj, White, Kingsley. Who's, who's replacing Delance? And then, 
Yeah, the right tackle spot's really the only one we don't know. See, that's Osiris where will probably might, play. That's where Osiris might fit in. Maybe or uh, Josh Braun has flashed Josh a lot Braun of good stuff. Josh Braun has flashed a lot of good stuff over the past couple of years. Maybe him. But, but yeah, yeah. No, we'll be. I talked about this last week a little bit. We'll roll out a very very solid, above average at least for the SEC starting unit on the O line. The question though is depth. I just think we're going to be a lot more physical than last year. But I was reading a t- someone put out a tweet that said. We, I think we'll win six to seven games next year, but our depth will be what separates us from six to seven or nine. And I actually agree with that. But I will say I am more high on this team going in this year than I was the team going in last year. And I'm pretty negative usually. I'm pretty so extremely negative. Very negative. I, I'm, I open up to that on the podcast, mm-hmm. even though I was the first one off the Dan Mullen wave here. But uh, you were well, I met I met. Uh, I met Mr. Potosa a couple weeks ago. You did meet Mr. Potosa. And he was Potosa. able to Mr. explain Pot- to me that he was probably the reason for your whole pessimistic outlook yes, on fa- sports. Father yeah. Potosa yeah. is even more negative than I am. That's, he, sh- that's honestly shocking. It's hard yeah, to do. He is, oh my God. And you, you want to talk about my grandpa too, my grandfather. He doesn't really follow the Gators as much, but he's a huge Dolphins fan. And hopes. Well, years of being that a Dolphins fan can do that the, to you, well, I'm sure. Well, the thing is, That'll he was that. like at the Super Bowl sure. in 72 and 73. So like, he actually has seen the Dolphins win. So, like, watching this garbage the past 20 years, like, I don't blame him. But, yeah, my, my dad's pretty negative. We'll probably get him on here at some point to bitch and moan about I'm something. I'm sure Atlanta sports will eventually get me that level of negativity. I'm I mean, not yeah, quite there Atlanta yet. Atlanta sports oh, are in shambles. What do you shambles. mean? The Braves just won the World Series. Yeah, but I don't really care about baseball. Like, it kind of sucks that, like, they Atlanta finally won a championship, but it was baseball, and it just sacrificed the actual sports agree. teams that you care about. The Hawks, since then, have been terrible. The Falcons are full rebuild. Very sad by Matt Ryan, but, like, we're fully rebuilding. I mean, I don't really know. we at least five or ten years, I see Atlanta even getting close again. Honestly, it's we got to kind of talk about it a little bit. I mean, Kyle Pitts is obviously going to be a generational player, a guy who I think might end his career wearing a gold jacket. But if you were to go back again and you had the fourth pick, would you take a Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Um, I would not take Mac Jones. I wanted Justin Fields at four originally because um, I didn't think this draft class was that strong quarterback. Um, but I guess the idea is. Fields is more of a question mark. I don't think there's any doubt that Kyle Pitts would be un- amazing. And the Falcons feel like have a history of always drafting best player available. We did the Calvin Ridley back when he was drafted. So I wasn't shocked by the pick. It's more we have to almost guess right in the next quarterback. I kind of like Kenny Pickett, but he's not a sure thing. I, we might hold off another year and just take another tank year, maybe the number one pick. I'm not really sure, but we need something at quarterback. I, like, I think Malik Willis in the Falcons is a great fit. I could just see him plugging right in. He could. Especially because it's such a – Arthur Smith has run such a heavy running scheme in his past at Tennessee. And the way they were able to mobilize Ryan Tannehill, the way they were able to mobilize the laterals, I think that could work really well with Malik Willis. Until we fix scheme. our offensive line, no quarterback will ever thrive. If you watch every Falcons game, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. had maybe two seconds to throw per pass. It was unbelievable. I also don't know if I can name a single receiver on the Atlanta Falcons right now. We, there, there's nobody. There's we're, there's nobody. You think Roddy yeah. White can still is put Tajay his cleats on? Is Tajay Sharp still on your roster? Tajay Sharp, I think it's like Zacharias is, might be a wide receiver one at this I was going to say Ola, Olamide, right? Yeah, Ola like the, he yeah. might be wide receiver one at this point because Ridley's gone Lordy. for a year. Well, I mean, Cordell can play some receiver, can't Cordell he? Cordell plays yeah. receiver, but I think he's be more the running back one this year. I think they're going to kind of give him solidified that spot, but well, we'll see. Yeah, Zach Cohen, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, fantasy stock. Oh, yeah. I saw it doesn't even matter who's playing quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is going to get so many targets he in your offense. Even more than he was last year. He's still at 1,000 yards. Yeah. He's, he's still at 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he, he was awesome. I mean, that entire class of skill position players is just phenomenal. I mean, you got Pitts, Waddle, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Damon Ross St. Brown, such Najee Harris. Just what a draft class. I don't know if this year's draft class is that, but I don't really care about the draft anymore because my team doesn't pick till 102. 
F them picks. But what I do care about is something that's been going on this entire month. The month's almost over, but we sleep in May. Kushner has Ryan, Josh, and Rothstein's Twitter pulled up right now. It's March Madness. We are well into the second weekend. First night of the Sweet 16 happened last night. Villanova, Houston, Duke, and Arkansas all advanced to the Elite Eight. They will play Mm. on Saturday. We've got some great matchups tonight, including everyone's favorite Cinderella, St. Peter's, taking on Purdue. And that just ho- headlines a bunch of different matchups. We've got Kansas playing. Who's Kansas playing again? Providence. Providence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to let our college basketball insiders kind of take the reins here. Right. No, lead this us is what co- we brought you two on for. Let me start by Kushner, saying the, uh, uh, today, March 25th, is National Peacock National Day. Peacock if anyone is interested, is really? I'm taking uh, St. Peter's plus 13 tonight. 13 points on National I'm, Peacock Day. It's I think I already took St. Peter's plus 13. I have a bunch of bets on the board tonight. I just went crazy. The only issue for St. Peter's is Purdue might be the worst possible matchup for them. They are gigantic. Every single position they outsize them by at least I'm five thinking this Except might be, for Ivy, who happens to be a top five Do you remember that game picks? when yes. Carson yeah. Edwards had like bigger than the guards guarding him. 40 in the Sweet 16? I'm thinking Ivy's gonna Is have that against a, Tennessee. Or yeah, I, I think I'm thinking Ivy's gonna have a game like that tonight. I am now the narrative that Ivy should be the first pick in the NBA draft. I think he's kind of proved himself above I don't know about that. Chet I think, and Jabari. I, still think I Jabari see it. Smith I do see it. I can I think, see it. Yeah. He gives me such John Morant vibes. He does, and he's bigger. Not yeah, quite, he's but a yeah, bigger John Morant. He's not as good, but he's a bigger he's John Morant. He's improved his shot by like 10 percent from three this year. If he continues that elevation in the NBA, if he yeah, gets that shot. Because the one thing holding Morant back is his shot. Ivy could be a John Morant with a shot, which would be like unbelievable. Yeah, well, the thing is, the right situation. I don't know nearly as much about college ball as you do, but when I've watched all three of those top guys this tournament, right, Chet, Jabari, and Ivy, I see a lot less bust potential with Ivy than I do the other two guys, especially Holmgren. Just Holmgren is just he's just not aggressive. The thing is, Holmgren's kind of of that Giannis type where he comes into the league and if he could, it's a big if. That's true. It's a big if he puts on 20, 25 pounds of muscle. I mean, he's gonna be unstoppable. If you're drafting Chet, it's with the idea of he needs two to three years to kind of grow into his body. If you watch his tape in high school, like at like these camps and everything, he was so aggressive. Like he was driving the ball, he behind the back dribbling. He doesn't do that at Gonzaga. He's much more reserved, which is kind of weird to me. It's because of his lack of size getting bullied around, or just he didn't really fit in the system. He went it's, to a soft program. He did. He did go to a soft program. The Packers of college basketball. Gonzaga will <laughs> never win a title. The Packers at least have a championship. <laughs> That's true. They couldn't withstand the grind of an SEC schedule. I think they could. The issue is for Gonzaga. I think is they get through the whole year. The second half of no actual adversity. So by the time they actually have to have an adversity like game, they're not ready for it. It's not their fault. Yeah. Their schedule is just weak. As San Francisco had a solid year, so did um, St. Mary's. St. Mary's, Mary's. But were, it's not even like really their game at St. Mary's got blown out, and that's their toughest game all year. They need even the Pac 12 is more consistent type. Even though, yeah, exactly. Even mm-hmm. if you were in the Pac 12 and you got to play like Mick Cronin's UCLA program twice a year, Tommy Lloyd's Arizona program twice a year, that would just be better reps for you guys. It's all about the reps in the regular season. Losses, yes, like. You don't want to lose double-digit games, but losses, you learn from your losses in the college basketball season. Even, like, a, a game at Oregon, was like it's just so much meat. It's different. It gives you extra adversity. You have to actually play every game for yeah, real. Yeah, I mean, playing a game yeah, exactly. at Oregon is so much different than playing in, like, a high school gymnasium at San Diego. Yeah, the Pac-12 <laughs> isn't a terrible league for basketball. They, they're they competitive. I mean, no one watches them because the games are at 10.30 at night. But even though I'm a big fan. I watch for Bill Walton. So. Bill Walton. Yeah. I like yeah. Bill Walton. I'm kind of a big Bill fan Walton. of him. Um, no, but I think the Final Four this year is going to be really good. I in my, I think there's going to be a blue blood Final Four this year. I could see a Duke, UNC, Kansas, Villanova Final Four. Like kind of. I'd swap UCLA for UNC, but who knows? Oh, I think UCLA is losing tonight. I think UCLA is kind of fraudulent. Let's pivot to that game because we talked about Purdue. We'll we'll give picks for every game. I think we're all here going with Purdue. Anyone picking the Peacocks? 
Purdue, I mean, but they're not my the biggest lock of the day, though. I think Kansas. I was going to go Hurricanes. Hurricanes, oh, I yeah, like. Miami might be I, like I love Miami's team her, this you year. You want to talk about Miami? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they, um, they play the same five guys all game. <laughs> No. <laughs> They've got five really good players, and they play the whole game. And in March, I feel like that works. It works. The only and they're issue old. Is, they're 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 Iowa, all veterans too. They're veterans. Iowa State though, I, their defense is pretty good. They're kind of like in your face with no mm-hmm. depth for Miami. It's the only thing I could see being an issue for them is just being gasoline in the game. Right, but they've been rested since last Sunday. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Canes in this one, just because the other day Coach Spo said the 305s a basketball town, and it's just not the Heat. Hurricanes are a part of it. So. I'm gonna go with Miami. It feels yeah. like a Miami G- minus three. Jim Laranega's swan song. I can yeah, see him I, going out with like an elite appearance. You know, what year did George Mason go to the Final Four? 06? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting strong vibes of 06 with this Miami team. Uh, more, Miami? more talented than, than that George Mason team, but I mean, yeah, uh, obviously more talented. But. I'm picking Miami, but not because I think Miami's that good. I just have no faith in Iowa State. How they're still I'm alive to me is kind of just shocking. Well, I mean, they've kind of had an easy they did, road. They, they LSU was yeah. suspect LSU all year. With no coach. Johnny Davis is the streakiest player in the country. Most overrated player in the country. I don't think Wisconsin uh, had any about, actual skill. I don't know about Johnny Davis being the most overrated. He Trace not, Jackson Davis he's is so, so streaky. He's so inefficient. Johnny Davis shoots four for 25. Yet he puts up 12 points. But like, Russell Westbrook numbers. He's in the I personally <laughs> think I think Juzang is the most overrated player in the country. He's, but he, has he been like highly rated lately? I feel like he's dropped so much on like. Yeah, I don't think you can say he's overrated anymore. Yeah, it's the, I've been saying it all year. If they ran the pick and roll with Tiger and Hawkes, they'd be unstoppable. Oh, I was such, and a now big, I think they're actually doing it in the tournament. I so. was such a big yeah. Tiger Campbell fan out of high school, and he's like living up tonight for me. I think he's really good. Right, he, and he is the epitome of a college basketball point guard, a floor general, moves the ball well. I think he'll be a four-year player. Is he a senior right now? He, no, a junior. I think. I think he's a junior. He'll be back next year. He might be a senior. I think he's a junior. Yeah, I think it's it's good for college basketball that UCLA is back like this. I mm-hmm. think depending who wins the UNC UCLA game, if you get a Duke winner of that matchup, Kansas Villanova Final Four, it's like a blue blood Final Four. Even Purdue, you can make the argument that Purdue is a storied program, and Matt Painter's never made the Final Four. This would be his first Final yeah. Four appearance. They're due. They're due. Yeah, they are due for one, and they've had some great teams. I, mean, I think you can't write the history of 21st century college basketball without the Purdue Boilermakers. I think if so. you're them, would you rather have UCLA beat UNC? I think UNC matches up much better with Purdue. They're they're able to match their size and their guard. Yeah, more yeah. I was just thinking about that. Well, yeah. U, UNC might be a better matchup, but they've been inconsistent all year. And if they just stop scoring the ball like they have the last couple of games, it could well, be a, the last really couple of games. It was really because look, everyone was in foul trouble. Like, yeah. RJ Davis was in foul trouble. Yeah. Manic got ejected. Manic was their best. Manic dropped twenty eight in round of sixty four. UNC's entire season to me comes down to Caleb Love. Like he's by far not their best player, but when he plays well, they win. When he does not, yeah, they struggle. Look at the first half of the Baylor game last week. How many yeah. threes did he have? He must have had like three or four. No, we were sitting at Bluebird. I feel like every time we looked over at the TV. RJ Davis had an unreal game. Yeah, RJ Davis. Their two guards are so inconsistent. When they play well, Baycott and Manning are so good. They don't need them I just think start. we are building towards a collision course of a Duke-UNC Final Four. Mm-hmm. I, I really, it's just meant to be. I think the stars are a lot. Knock on wood, obviously, because I am betting on UNC tonight. But I think the stars are aligning. And I'm not the biggest Coach K fan, but I think that would be great for college basketball. That would There would be nothing better. I loved watching him talk about Ben Shero last night. I love the game. Loves him. My favorite yeah. thing to watch Coach K do is it's talk awesome. about himself. Like, try to act humble, then proceed to brag. 
<laughs> like, we're a, we, we're Duke. We only hang championship banners. And then, like, every little fucking win, they have a banner for K. <laughs> like, the, like, Coach K, 1,000 wins. Coach K, 100 NCAA tournament wins. They're all yeah. hanging up. Like, Man, uh, I mean, last night, had there's, there's one game in, like, the Sweet 16, round of 32, Elite Eight, every year where you get the feel... The winner of this game is going to go oh, to the that. national title game, and last night was it. Last night's right? game was... Oh, last night's game was unreal. The Very quality Sean basketball, Duke yeah. was unreal down the stretch. Mm-hmm. As much as Ben Caro, A.J. Griffin, they all get their hype, he was unbelievable. Every time, like, he just beat his guy off the dribble, he was just quick. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a real difference maker. If you have a guard who can beat guys off the dribble and shoot over defenders, I mean, that's game-changing in March Madness. Every time. And Roach... Had kind of a quiet year. He averaged like nine points a game, but he's really put, every time I've watched him in the tournament, he gives me really kind well. of some Trey Trey Jones vibes of like he'll step up when they need him to. We're just gonna say that, yeah. And I forgot the probably name. Probably be back next say, yeah. year. I mean, that's gonna be a guy. Who's probably will be back. Yeah. I don't know. He oh, he's not really in not year one of the John Shire era. Wow, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, John. Another Shire Jew running a big is. basketball program. Yeah, John well, Shire. Yeah. Well, let's no. look at us. Which Sweet Sixteen game have we not talked about? Kansas. Kansas Providence. I think Kansas Blue. Kush, you want to talk about the Friars? The Friars for most the for most of the year have been my team. Until Uh, until can you can you please discuss exactly when you hopped on the Arizona Wildcats bandwagon? Oh well, I was on both teams uh, simultaneously at one point. Arizona was a mid-January thing, and then when Providence got blown out by forty points against Creighton in the Big East tournament, I decided that they were going to lose in the first no the second round to Iowa. Of course, that didn't happen. So I said, you know what, I'm all in on Arizona. they just got embarrassed last night. I'm still going to root for Providence, but it's not going to feel the same. I will not allow you to root for Providence until you DM Cooley an apology. I don't think Cooley wants you rooting for him. Yeah, That's okay. You and everyone in America jumped off after the one loss, and look at them. They're in the Sweet 16. They looked good. I mean, the past two games, they looked good. The Jackrabbits gave them a little bit of a tough test. I had the Jackrabbits in my bracket. But yeah, like, Al Durham has really been the difference. He's so good. He's so good. I think Kansas, though, is the most likely team to make the finals just because of their road. I don't think Providence is that good. I agree. I think the Miami winner, Iowa State winner, Kansas will blow them both out. They get to Villanova, maybe it's a little different, or Houston, but I think Kansas is just like the most complete team left. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Kansas at this point, I'm not going to say a lock to make the Final Four, but they're probably your best bet if you were taking a futures I mean, bet on who's going to make the Final really Four. Kansas is a really talented team, but I feel like Bill Self is such a serial choker in the Yeah, tournament. but they, they did make the Final Four like four years ago. That's what people are forgetting. The, the thing is, though, the, what the difference has been for them, and I said this on Sports Scene earlier, Remy Martin is playing like the All-American. He was at Arizona State again. And that's massive for them. That's why they were preseason. Were they preseason one? or They were probably two. Oh, five. Yeah. yeah. But that's why they're a number one. Because they were expecting this guy, Remy Martin, All-American at Arizona State under Bobby Hurley, to come in and e- elevate them. Obviously, it didn't, but Christian Brown and uh, – how do you pronounce it? Abaji? Abaji, yeah. And then also been, McCormick as a big man, there's – Honestly, if big men left besides Baycott, I don't think there's any big man I'd rather have in my rotation. He's just like solid. I, that, I don't know. That guy Jalen Williams from Arkansas is really good. But he's not really a big man. He just – I don't know, dude. He was kind of body. He's physically imposed. He was kind of bodying Timmy for a little bit last night. Um. Yeah, he also is so fun. Like, he takes try to take charges. Like He's very like smart yeah. about the game, which yeah. will keep him out of foul trouble, which works well for so these late games. So let's talk about that game for a little bit. Gonzaga continues the streak. Will they ever win a championship? No. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, this is the most no. talented team they've had in a while. I think um, last year was the most talented last team. Year, but yeah. I think their guard play really was downgraded this year. Nemhard's good, but it's He's different. A Mike White product. It's different That's than <laughs> it's different than Suggs. It's different when you have guys like Cor- Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Also, Straw, they're, they're like they're not their three guards just 
disappear in the tournament. He's he's a, he's, he's also nowhere near the level of shooter. No, that of course was. not. But he yeah. disappeared in the tournament. He oh, went yeah. from averaging I think like twelve to thirteen a game to not scoring at all. You need especially for a team like Arkansas that's so aggressive. You need everyone to be able to score. With Shen Foucher, they said no hell off the bench. Like their win versus Memphis, they scored eighty two points. Eighty were by starters. You can't have your bench only scoring two points. You need depth, and especially with Foucher. I think it's fascinating that. Gonzaga and Arizona, the top two seeds in the tournament, both struggled in their games on the round of 32 and then came out and lost to two really good teams. I mean, two teams that I would not be shocked at all to see in the Final Four in Arkansas and Houston. Arizona should have lost to the Horn Frogs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was down yep. on Houston after they got um, who they get swept by. Was it SMU? Or yeah. was it uh, Memphis? Memphis? No, it was Memphis. They got yeah. swept by Memphis. So I, I kind of wrote them off. So did I. I had UAB in my bracket. I did too. That was a mistake. I always oh, over Houston. Houston. Always, Mm-mm. it's getting that's the why point you use Ken Palm to make your picks. John Rothstein. I know nothing, but they, Ken, Ken Palm. They were okay, top five. Houston. So Houston's Palm, the really. worst free throw shooting team in the country, or at least in the tournament. They're playing the best free throw shooting but, team in the all time. Yeah. They, they, that's going to be a, that's they, gonna be a huge. They've difference had no maker. close games yet. If they get to a close game, that free throw is going to mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, oh, yeah. but I, Rothstein tweeted this out last night, and I don't know if I agree with it, but I think he certainly should deserves to be in the conversation. Rothstein believes that Kelvin Sampson is the best coach in college basketball right now. I did see that tweet last night. It's interesting. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, I think Jay Wright is. I, uh, I think Jay Wright is the class of the sport right now. And just the way he runs his program, the way he portrays his program, the way he gets his players ready, the way he's put players in the NBA. I think he's the cream of the crop in college basketball. I know right you now. saw a video of them warming up before their round of thirty-two game. It was literally. Dribbling, jump stopping, bounce passes, layup. It's they're, they're so the most fundamental. fundamental. They don't have anyone that is spectacular per se. Even though I think Gillespie is a oh, point. Gillespie Gillespie's is a point god, but, but he's not even the crazy skill. He's, he's not just even smart. Yeah, they're they f- remind me a lot of and John Fanta, who works for Field of Sixty Eight and Fox Sports One, put this out the other day. He said they reminded him a whole lot of the twenty sixteen team, where everyone wrote them off pretty early after they lost. I saw that had a big loss. They lost to Baylor. They lost to UCLA earlier in the year. I remember I actually bet on Villanova against UCLA earlier in the year because we have a friend who he'll probably get on here at some point, but he's very annoying about the UCLA Bruins, so I faded him. Mm. But fade Ross, yeah. So, so I kind of wrote them off too, but I, I don't think there's a more fundamental team in the country. I think the free throw shooting is huge. I mean, because when it comes down to a close game like last night, where you're going to be fouled at the end of the game against Michigan, how could you not feel comfortable that they're going to win that game when they're rated literally right now? They're rated the best free throw shooting team of all time. The fact that last night when they were getting fouled, they kept in all five starters, and four of them were above eighty percent from the line is like unheard of. The fact that you don't have to make any substitution, their center stayed in the game at the end of the game. Like that doesn't happen in college basketball. Also one to five, happen. they're such a good they're such a deep roster too. It doesn't happen in pro basketball. No one's shooting eighty two percent from the line. It's the highest in NCAA history. It just doesn't happen. In the in the end of the game it's gonna win you games. Yeah, so they're gonna be playing Houston it's tomorrow. Be a great game. That's gonna be I, that has potential to be the game of the tournament. Great mm-hmm. game. I mean two teams that I could realistically see winning at all, cutting down the nets. If I, I think if we could get a Kansas Villanova Final Four, a UNC Duke Final Four, it would be an unreal, unreal. matchup. Maybe the greatest yeah. Final Four of all time. Like, oh, yeah. It would be unbelievable. And it's like kind of aligning the stars. If UNC can pull their stuff out today, obviously UCLA is also an historic program, but UNC Duke is UNC. UNC Duke, Duke and especially it's the fact that it's K's final year, too. And UNC went into into Duke's final game, Coach K's final game, and just destroyed them. And Coach K had like a hissy fit after. And he, he, <laughs> he like made he like made that all the so students funny. stop cheering. Like stop cheering. <laughs> like 
They're trying to like congratulate him for like a career. It's like, no, shut up. Like I played, we did terrible. Like who shuts up the student section? And apologize. But if he ends up winning it all, then that whole thing will be oh, justified. Legendary speech. It won't exist yeah. anymore. Uh, I just hate the people who are like Gator fans and also Duke basketball fans. Or like, there's too many the, of them. The, the, too many. It's awful. There's too many. Gator Everyone football, knows a Duke kid. Basketball. Everyone knows a kid who's like Gator football, Duke basketball. I'm not Root a Duke for Gator's basketball. basketball. But Root I like Todd Golden. I like Duke. I'm not a Duke basketball fan. I'm a much bigger Gator fan, obviously. But like, there's some players. Just like, I've always stay liked. Stay with me. I've always liked sure. UNC a lot. I've always liked UNC. I was but a big I Roy have, Williams fan. Nah, no, but I so. love I love the villain like mentality. Like yeah. Christian Leitner, JJ Reddick. They're Alabama like, in college basketball. Yeah. They always they have, have more Saban, fun players. I think Saban's a whole lot more. UNC's always had like boring stars. I feel like they're fun guys. Think about it. Like Duke has guys like you either love the root for love the hate. I hated Grayson Allen. He was like a hated guy. You he was turned fun. on to watch him. Uh-huh. Like there's a team that you like want to watch them because there's so many personalities. Because UNC is a great program and great players. They don't have a lot of personalities. This team, like Bay caught their star, doesn't really have a personality. I feel like Duke players. Speaking of personalities, you one of your favorite players in college basketball, Drew Timmy. We were, we already uh, talked about Gonzaga. I love Drew Timmy. I I was thinking about this take, and I forgot to tell you this yesterday. I guess I think that Drew Timmy is the Baker Mayfield of college basketball. <laughs> Explain, just in terms of persona. I mean, great college careers. They look I mean, similar. This has nothing. Look kind of similar. Same persona. Same kind of the heel where they're douchey, but they know it. Uh, it's part of their I persona. I don't know if he's as douchey as Mayfield. Oh, uh, he's oh come on, he's, he's douchey. douchey. He's you watch Timmy, yeah. he knows it. Every, that's like that's his thing. Uh, Every bucket crotch and opposing sideline. They were down, like, like they were down by twenty at one point last year. And he still did like every buck. He does like the kiss. Oh, but everyone, everyone. Does I was, that. I love. I have a Drew Timmy shirt. I didn't wear it today. I, a, I bought a shirt. I love him a lot. He's just if you like enjoy the game of basketball, just like forget like college pro whatever. Just enjoy the game. If you watch Drew Timmy's footwork on an average play, it's like, it's like beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. to watch him play the sport of basketball. I mean, yeah, he is so. Oh, his mid range game back is to unreal. Comparison. You go back when Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma. You watch Baker Mayfield in the pocket. The way he read through his progressions. Yeah. The way he was able to zip the ball in. He was. Oh, I can see the comparison. I think it's a. It's a, yeah. obviously a very the pro game was too, too fast. Timmy's also definitely. Like, he's a little cocky. He celebrates after every basket. Like he's got the mustache growing out. Baker had the mustache. He, I think Timmy's I, gonna come I, back. I can see it, so I think Baker would be better. Tell me this though. My basketball brain's a little dumb. I don't really know. I was wondering last night watching Timmy play, is that like an NBA prospect or is no. he just going to be no. a Europe guy? Um, Someone might take a chance on no. him in the second I round. think he's good enough where you take a chance on him late first, early second, in my opinion. However, the the way the game is, he's just not he's not physical enough to mm-hmm. just be that pound guy. He can't shoot the ball well enough to stretch the floor. But I could see him being like an eighth man who comes in kind of just like, not like Kelly Olynyk-like. He's, much, he's very different from that, but like, Kind of a that kind of minutes role where you bring him in, he's gonna play good post defense, and he's gonna play smart playing. So maybe some teams. If he had an outside shot, it would really help his chances. And he he does a little bit. If you put him on a team that doesn't need a star, if you put him on a team like like the Bucks or the Suns, who just need a guy to come in, make smart plays, and move the ball, I could see him having some career. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's just not athletic enough. Yeah, I think he's gonna come back to Gonzaga for his senior year. And I think we're in the era of NIL and the transfer portal. I think he's going to recruit the highest-rated player in the transfer portal to come play with him at Gonzaga, and he's going to make a shit ton of NIL. You know who just answered the transfer Tech. portal? Terrence Shannon of Texas Tech one hour ago. Really? He just entered the transfer portal? Wow. Todd Golden, you better have him on line one. Well, Gold- Get him to the Gators. Yeah. 
He's not coming to Florida. I know. He's a, he's gonna he's gonna be a senior. We're gonna be we're not rebuilding. Have we lost all three recruits here or just Reed? No, just, just no I think we're keeping Reed in the other one. Okay. Yeah. Um, we just lost our best one. So. I don't know. It was expected to lose Rainu. I don't know. I just don't know what our team's gonna look like. We're losing how many I guys? Think a, I think it's gonna be a rebuilding year. I'm not it's counting be, on us making the tournament next year. It's gonna be similar to this later. year. It's gonna be a lot of transfers and we have no idea if they're gonna work out or not. Which sucks because but if we don't make the tournament next year, in our college career, we have only made the NCAA tournament once. Oh, yeah. Once we got screwed. Yeah, we, once we did get screwed. But we got COVID year freshman. That's year, what I meant. So. Well, yeah. We were going to be like a 10 seed COVID year. Uh, right? The worst part uh, to me is. We would have been in, but yeah, we would have been. Obviously, that was the Kerry Blackshear year. Yeah. Sadly, yes. I don't want to be reminded of that. It's him. a big if. When we lost Oral Roberts that game, one, we were up 13 with 10 minutes to go. That's an embarrassing loss. That's Either just way. a classic Mike White choke, though. If Keontae Johnson does not go down. I think we are in Final 14 that year. It's a little bold. We wouldn't be the Elite Eight no matter what. We played Arkansas, an SEC team. With Man and Keontae, I agree. With Man, Keontae, and Castleton. Could have been White's best team. And our Elite Eight game would have been an Arkansas team. We've already played in the regular season. SEC games are always going to be tight in the tournament. I think it really could have been a Final Four team. We lost the SEC Player of the Year, and we're not choking the way a game from being the Elite Eight. Yeah, well, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but... Last week, we didn't even get to talk about the hire. Me and Big Will recorded, again, bad timing before, so what better timing than to bring on... A couple college basketball guys. Let's break it down a little bit. Todd Golden. Um, I kind of like the hire. I know it's not a popular hire. I think the fan base hated Mike White a lot for the way our offense was run. I think Todd Golden's a much more modern offense that he likes to shoot the ball. He likes to run a little bit. My only concern is his lack of experience and his lack of recruiting ties. He is an Auburn assistant, so maybe if he can get that same Atlanta pathway that Bruce Pearl has found, we can get some Atlanta guys because – UGA and Georgia Tech are terrible, and the talent out of Atlanta is unreal. If we can kind of get a similar path, I can see something happening. But I don't hate the hire. Yeah, so continuing with the uh, the way he runs his offense, he's pretty much following the Nate Oates model, where it's all numbers, all analytics. It's going to be a lot of three-pointers, a lot of layups, not a lot of mid-range. It's going to be interesting to see. I know a lot of people wanted Matt McMahon from Murray State, very popular guy. He's also a mid-major coach, though, just like yeah. Golden. And a lot of people are hating on the Golden hire because – that's exactly what we got Mike White, mid-major guy, got his team to the tournament, and the next year we hire him. I understand people's Actually, anger. White never made it to the tournament. Did he really. not? <laughs> no. I thought he, I he, he, made the he won the regular season title at the CUSA three years in a row, never made the tournament. Should have known. Wow. We should have known. Well, Todd Golden's already better than So Golden. my thing on Todd Golden, initially I was a little upset because – like all Gator fans, I, I wanted something to excite me. I wanted some, even if it's casual. Like I, I wanted something to excite me. I was, I was, excited. Excited. I was like, excited because he's Jewish. I, like, but that got me going. After yesterday, by the way, Todd Golden. Actually, we just dropped the episode on Young and the Rowdies with Patrick Young. Go listen to that right now. You'll learn a lot more about Coach. I actually got the chance to like not like speak with him in detail, but I met him. Like I got a chance to kind of catch his vibe yesterday. I'm I've turned the corner on this a lot. I don't know how great we will be, but. I think he has the right idea, and I think he embraces. I think he knows what he's getting himself into. I think he acknowledges the f- fault of where Mike White went. Like he was even saying it on the podcast, that he was like, "Look, like fans weren't happy with what was going on with Mike White." Like he was like, "I understand that. Like we're a much different scheme. Like we're up tempo offensively." And I think that's basketball these days. That's college basketball. And sometimes, look, we caught lightning in a bottle with a thirty-one year. Old head coach from Marshall. No one ever thought that would have worked out. And I'm not saying that this guy's gonna be the next Billy Donovan, but I like his attitude. I like the way he's embrace embracing expectations. Seems like he's actually like a good guy. He's a Jew, which for all of us who are part of the tribe, we love that. <laughs> and I like it. And Number like, one on my hot. Like Josh was reason. saying, I mean, he comes from under one of the best recruiters in the country in Bruce Pearl. 
So if he could start recruiting, and recruiting is a big thing that he's put an emphasis on. And it's both his press conference, the interview he had with us on Young and the Rowdies, and everywhere else he's had in interviews, he's really talked about recruiting. And that's something where, yes, Mike White was a good recruiter, but I think he was getting some of the wrong guys. That's my biggest thing is the way he runs his offense, he needs to find the guys to fit that, which are, if you look at the guys Mike White brought in, None of them fit his system. I think you have to, he has to find guys who can shoot the There was one guy who fit his system better than anyone else, and he didn't even recruit him. Chris Chioza. Chioza would have been great in his system. Chioza thrived in the Mike White system. Yeah. Also, with Mike White's recruiting, I think it's just so much different than recruiting between basketball and football. That, like Stars matter so much more in football. Like You can get five stars, but if they don't gel together on a, basket, on a, on a basketball court, it's not going to work. Experience is everything in college basketball these days. Um, yes, but you also need those guys who can get you a bucket. If you look at the teams mm-hmm. left, Arkansas, you have, like, as much as Gonzaga's unreal, who is their go-get-a-bucket guy? A center, I said for years, guards win March Madness. Look at the teams still in. You have, who won last night? Arkansas, you got J.E. Notes and go get you a bucket. You got Villanova, Gillespie, and Justin Moore, go get you a bucket. You have, um, Duke, Bancaro, or Roach, get you a bucket. Houston, Kyler Edwards. Get you a bucket. You need, as much as you need a veteran presence. You need a guard to go get you a basket, which is Jay Nivey for Purdue, Obagi for Kansas, which is why I think those six teams are the best. Either on St. Peter's. Either on St. Peter's. That's the question. Go get him in the transfer portal. (laughs) That's the question with UNC is can um, RJ or Caleb Love be the guy go get you a bucket? I don't know. We're going to find out tonight. We are going to find out. And we're going to find out a lot about Todd Golden, college basketball, and spring practice as we keep going, as the offseason keeps rolling on here. We really miss college football on this podcast. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell. I'm getting a little sad here in my corner it's, right now. It's a little sad, I, but I'm getting really excited for the season. I, I'm I'm starting to turn the corner a little bit on what I think going into this year. I'm getting excited. Oh, of course. The lies always, they always come. The lies come. We, and we said we we're going to lie our ass off all offseason. Uh, I have it, been. It's every offseason. We always lie about the team. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the only way to get excited. But this guy, Billy's, and one thing that Todd Golden actually said was that Billy reached out to him like as soon as he got hired. Billy already invi- Billy already had him come out to a practice, introduced him to his entire staff, and, like, they're going to be close because Golden mm-hmm. said that one of his mentors, Bruce Pearl, made it a strong effort to get to know Gus Malzahn once he got to Auburn. He said he wants them to work together. He wants Napier and himself to work together to, because they're like he said that Bruce Perlow he says at Auburn Florida's an everything school and he really wants to because the better the athletic program is the better it benefits them yeah I like what Strickland did I mean this right like putting his balls on the table a little bit taking two um, younger guys it's risky it's risky for a guy who's on the hot seat like him it's really yeah that's risky. why I like it yeah I think it's nowadays in college sports I'd rather go with a guy who hasn't like my my theorem, I guess you could say, about coaches is that if they've been at a Power 5 school with, like, resources for at least a little while, like, not like an Iowa State or Kansas, but at a respected Power 5 school for any extended period of time, I think you know yeah. sort of what you're getting. That was my thing with the Well, that's what we higher. thought we were getting with McElwain, so. Yeah. He wasn't in the – he was at Colorado State. Well, Alabama before then, but. I'm saying as a head coach. Oh, head That coach was why I kind of liked the way we Give me the younger, higher. you know – Ambitious guy from the a group few of five. big names I heard. We'd seen them all in Power Five cards. Some had success, but there's a reason they're not there anymore. Versus, we're taking a chance on yeah, the like guy. Sean Miller, like, I right? Didn't Anthony didn't Grant, I know Miller. was the name. Like, no. granted, Florida's no. not Al- Alabama's not Florida as a basketball program, but no, we but saw I what agree. he did there. I'd and he rather you know. take the chance here, especially when we're going to be rebuilding anyway. Maybe this guy's the next big thing if he's not readjust from there. But I think it's a basketball's not as hard to rebuild, right? Yes, yeah, I mean, you only need two good players. And Billy, if Billy doesn't work out, at least he's going to recruit with the transfer portal. All it takes is one cycle. 
Yeah. Literally, yeah. like, we, yeah. realistically, we could dominate the transfer. And that's another thing that Golden said in his opening press conference. He really embraces the transfer portal. It's a part of college sports and can help us only. I expect Florida to be very aggressive in the transfer. Like maybe he gets Terrence from um, Texas Tech. Maybe that's a start. I don't know if we'd get a player like that. I mean, you never know. I don't know. That is a very top of the portal player. Top yeah. player. Everyone's going to be wanting I mean, him. there's players transferring from mid-majors every single day. S- Who knows if you find Especially right when one. you consider the best player in college basketball this year was a transfer from West Virginia. So, If somehow, um, if somehow Golden's stud from San Francisco, who I forget his name, decides not to go to the NBA... <laughs> Come to Florida. I don't know his name, but we'll take him. You remember, the, he dropped 40 against Murray State. Look it up. This yeah. is bad. I thought yeah. one of you guys would have known. Before we <laughs> let you guys go, what do you got as your national champion? Um, I've had a historically bad run here picking national champions this tournament. I've switched it a lot. I'm leaning Kansas right now. I just think they might not be the best team left, but I think their road is the least amount of times to get upset. Um, if it's not them, I think it'd be Villanova, but I think I'm going to go with Kansas as my national champion. The Purdue Boilermakers. Wow. I like that. Ivy. Matt Painter is getting his first championship this year. He he got a little, I don't want to say lucky, but the fact that he doesn't have to play Kentucky is very helpful. The fact that Baylor's out is very helpful. Gonzaga on his side of the bracket is out. UNC and I mean, UCLA are tough. It, it, this is mm-hmm. the perfect road to get at least to the championship game. Like, yeah, you'll you'll face probably Duke in the Final Four, but... Duke's had their kinks this year. They, Duke has had their losses. Duke I mean, is very beatable. Every team left is beatable. Every team left is really beatable. Yeah. It's every just, team who, is who are you banking on to go on a run? Lehman, who do you got? I was, I, I'm down to Duke after last night and Purdue. Um, I'm going to go Duke just to be different. After last night, I think they're battle-tested now. That Texas Tech team great team. also they're could have been a team making the national title, and they made it out of that. Uh, so Their coach is going to – they're going to have a really good program for a while. I think they're mm-hmm. established now. Mm-hmm. I think they're not quite the Baylor level established, not the blue blood, like the next cycle, but they're going to st- I think they're going to start working their way up. There's so much talent team. in the state of Texas. So much talent. So much talent. In the, because think about however many Power 5 schools there are in Texas, there's enough to go around for all of them. Yeah. You know who is a recruit in the state of Texas? Joshua, I don't know. I was recruiting the state. Oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't end the pod without hearing your stories from the trail. Oh, recruiting sure. trail. Um, so back when I was a high school basketball player in Atlanta, Georgia, I was put on an official recruiting visit <laughs> to the University of Texas. Who put you on the official recruiting <laughs> visit? Um, Jeff Edelman had a connection. Jeff Edelman is my father. Um, he had a connection to someone in the program, and I was in like their database for being a basketball player. So I was putting the list for some free tickets to a game, an official recruit. If I went up to the pass, let's go pick up my free tickets. I didn't believe I was a recruiter first because I'm a 5'10 short kid. Um, didn't really believe I was there. Eventually, they showed my ID. I was on a pass list with Greg Brown, the number six recruiter in the country, another five-star from Texas, and then two four-stars from Texas. And I was sitting right behind Mo Bamba. It was basically me and these 6'10 to 6'5 huge guys. And just me sitting right there with all the players and recruits, coaches. It was a really cool experience. But unfortunately, I decided to – Get out of the basketball game and just come to the University Take of Florida. Take my talents to Gainesville. Take my talents Smart to Gainesville. Move. Biggest talent to intramural basketball. Uh, yeah, my intramural basketball team, unfortunately, was eliminated in the Sweet 16, but we had a great run. Team culture all the way. Well, you're the first recruit we've ever had on the podcast. Yeah, definitely though. the first recruit, hopefully not the last. Mm-hmm. But hopefully quick, last. I'll squeeze this in real quick. My national championship oh, yeah. pick. Had it before the tournament. I'm staying with it. I got a futures bet rolling. The Villanova Wildcats. It's not sexy, but the sexiest team doesn't always win the tournament. It's the a least sexy pick you could have taken. Fundamental it's not teams who make their free throws. Villanova. Free throws do win games. Free throws and guards, which Villanova has. If they win, that truly will be the most boring champion in a long time. Uh, 
I don't know about that. I don't know, man. There's they can be fun They're not as exciting as the other Villanova championship teams. I'm not saying they're not great. They are. But, but everyone forgets not, that that Villanova championship team in 2016 wasn't even that exciting. They became like, stars through the tournament. Yeah, like, I no one knew. Honestly, no one knew like, who Chris Jenkins, no Chris Jenkins the was. Buzzer, the only one you might have known was Archie Diacono, just because he had been there for four years. And you know who me now. I think if they can have a blow, if they can get to play Kansas, I don't think Houston's a big enough name. I think if they can get to play Kansas and just have put on a route versus Kansas Final Four, I think they'll then be that same Villanova. And Gillespie also, Gillespie's mm-hmm. a college basketball legend. Yeah. Very underratedly a college basketball legend, a two-time Big East Player of the Year, one of the best players in Villanova program history. I mean, he gets a championship. He gets a championship. You never know. But, yeah, I mean, anything else to add, guys? Um, oh, San Francisco player, uh, Jamari Bouye. Jamari Bouye. Bouye. Yeah. Yeah. I assume he's league bound. He dropped, I think, 40 against uh, Murray State. I mean, averages 17 a game. Check his game log. But if not, maybe transfers to UF. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, um, get Todd Golden, bring him in. But maybe run a lot of Louisiana guys. Maybe does the uh, same. Murray State dropped thirty six points on. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't 50% watch that game. Percent field goal was, shooting. I don't remember where I was during that game. Which game? Oh, I think we were at backyard actually. Which game? Murray uh, State. Murray State. Probably, yeah, good chance. We good chance. Backyard. Yeah. Fun time over there. Going there tonight. So if you're listening before then, come find us. Come find our senior college basketball insiders <laughs> for their picks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. If you get there before 10 o'clock, I'll give you some basketball insiders. Bring insiders. your nitroglycerin pills. After, ten, after 10 o'clock, the bets are into – I'm locked into college basketball. Yeah, thank you, Josh. And thank you, Kushner, for coming on our podcast. This is really Yeah, fun. that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, A lot something different. I know we've been talking about talking college ball all season. We just never really gotten around to it. But I'm fine. I I love college basketball. Obviously, not to the level of these two gentlemen, but I think I, li- yeah. I live with one of them, and the other one is basically lives with us too. So I watch. Might as well be your favorite. I pretty I pretty much watch all the games they do. I just don't look at it the same perspective. Well, but, it feels good not to be jaded about college basketball again. I'll oh say that. no, man! I no. Some college basketball there. is an awesome sport. Yeah, but it's, for it's, me, you know, it's a, a secondary sport. And, uh, so like, I like when Florida's not at all exciting. Yeah, I then the argument about I'm not going to be as into it. But now I'm excited. So different. Try. The playoffs is fun in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. No, nah, my favorite thing about college basketball, honestly, just like every even like every rebound is like so much energy. Like bath NBA yeah. is like at, like that's true. Gay defense rebound college trying. basketball is like hard to do. It's like just it's mm-hmm. a nice little piece of the they game. They try. I mean they, it, they put an effort. Yeah. And you can tell they all just love playing basketball. Gotta love the sport. And every three like, Doug feels Eater, like a Doug moment Eater too. loves yes. playing you know what basketball. I mean? Every a, shot a three feels is a two so now big. In, in, college, the fans, in the NBA. That's awesome. But I love the sport. Yeah, and we love the sport too. Specifically, though, we love college football. We're going to keep talking college football all offseason long. Don't really know what we're going to get into in the dog days and once the spring game's over. But We're we'll, back to football next week. We'll, we'll figure something. We are back to football next week, mm-hmm. yeah, but we'll talk about the Final Four a little bit. Of course, bit. of course, but yeah. But we'll be back to football next week. We're getting closer and closer to that spring game. I'm excited for that yeah. Thursday night spring game. That'll be a fun TNF. one. TNF. I'm yeah. excited. Under the lights. Swamp under the lights. I've actually never been to a spring game. I've been to one back in the day. I've been to one. Also. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Uh, I want. We haven't s- had one since we went in college, right? No. Nope. Wow. COVID. I'm gonna go because you you <laughs> could go to that for like a half and then still go out. It's after. unreal. Yeah, we great. Time. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Thursday night, and then Fridays are won't back down day. So. Fridays WBD. Fridays are WBD day, and from all of us here, it won't back down. Casual Levinson, who's not here, he'll probably be back yeah, next week. Will. Who knows with that guy though? He's always busy. He has been. I can't. I mean, I've been pretty busy too. But you yeah, know, I mean, we're all been busy. haven't missed an episode yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, Lehman's the glue. We 
I say it all the time, but he blushes. But, Blush. yeah, thank you guys Blushing for listening. We'll keep face. getting you guys content all off season long. As Edelman said, thank you to our six listeners. But <laughs> we, we, I said 200. Yeah, said 200. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have listeners in Russia, no big deal. Germany. Germany. And Germany. Yeah. And, and Germany. We're, we're worldwide. Yeah, we won't we won't back down. Thank you guys. Angola, I think we have one. Go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs> and fins up. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.